Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it October yet? Well, this year it's a little different. So the question is, is it January yet? And thankfully the answer is almost not too far away now, which means hockey is almost back. What's up, Caps fans? It is time for another edition of the Capitol Building Podcast, part of Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Rob Carlin. With the NHL season set to go on January 13th and New Year's Eve just around the corner, hockey is finally almost back. And hockey fans, Caps fans, are extremely excited about that. And that means that the Caps are now back skating again. They put out a video the other day. Ovi's back, Nicholas Backstrom, TJ Oshie, John Carlson. Weird to not have Braden Holtby in that video. But all the players are back and on the ice and working out and getting ready for the start of camp, which is just after the new year, January 3rd is when they open up. So the Caps made their head coach, their new head coach. It's weird to think about that. Peter Laviolette, the head coach of the Capitals, was made available to the media. And, you know, it was interesting to hear because he's had a few months on the job, but he really hasn't been able to be on the ice with his players. He hasn't had an opportunity to work with them at all. Um, So he's still trying to figure out exactly, you know, who he, look, a lot of these guys have been around the league a long time. So there's relationships, but they don't really know each other. And we're going to hear how a, a missed opportunity to go out to dinner with Alex Ovechkin is just that a missed opportunity. Uh, to get to know himself better. Because look, these guys have played against each other for a long time. They know basically who they are and what they stand for, but they haven't really gotten to know each other as friends, as colleagues, as coach and player, and learn the philosophies and pick the brains and tell stories and really just get to know each other. So they have that feeling out period to go through. Um, But Peter Laviolette, one of the most detailed and prepared coaches in the game, is certainly ready for that to happen and to go in the, you know, hyper mode as soon as we get camp going, because there is no time to, you know, there's no time to ease into things. You you step on the ice to day one of training camp and the clock is already ticking and the season is about to start. So there's no easing into this. They are, they are going to redline it right from the start. So, uh, Early on in the press conference, Peter Laviolette was asked about his philosophy heading into this, his first camp with a new team, and how he is set to prepare to go about that. Going into camp, with a, especially in this situation with a new team, I think it's important to, one, make sure your team's getting up to speed with regard to the pace of the game and the competitiveness of the game. But um, 
also being a new coach, it's important systematically to try and right from the get go, put things down into place. And, um, you know, the difference I think from this year's camp, um, to most camps that start, uh, in September is that you're not going to have any exhibition games. And, um, we'll try to recreate that with some scrimmages. Um, we've got two scrimmages, uh, um, um, set for the, the schedule that we have in camp and we'll use those scrimmages to play uh, real game situations. And then, you know, also special situations that might happen on the ice power play penalty kill three on three, four on four. And we'll try to make it as real and as lifelike as we can. But um, you know, there's, there's time, you know, even though it's a shortened camp, there's time to get things in place. I've been in situations where, I've taken over in the middle of the year. I've gone over to coach a world championship team and it's literally one practice and you get going. So, um, you know, there's, there's work, a lot of work to be done, but I know everybody's eager to get back to work as well. Obviously the big storyline for him coming into this, the sort of closest thing to the breaking news that he has to deal with is he thought he was going to have Henrik Lundqvist to push Ilya Samsonov, mentor Ilya Samsonov, and be a leader in the dressing room. And clearly that's not going to happen. And the story has just gotten so much scarier and more horrifying because we knew he had a heart issue and that's what was going to take him away from the game. But now he's put out on social media that he's facing open heart surgery, which is just, I mean, our, our, it's such a cliche at this point with all that we've gone through in the world over the last couple of years. But the thoughts and prayers really do go out from not just Caps fans, not just Rangers fans, but hockey fans and people. Because you think about the beautiful family that Henrik Lundqvist has. And uh, so obviously everyone's going to be praying for him to come out of that um, safe and able to go about his life as a husband and a father. Um, but how it affects the Capitals is now they had to sign Craig Anderson. Um, and, you know, Craig Anderson has had a very nice career, but he's towards the end of that. Is he going to push Vitek Vanacek? Is he going to push Phoenix Copley? Is he going to push Ilya Samsonov? These are things that are going to have to be uh, learned throughout the very quick camp and maybe into the start of the season. But uh, Laviolette, like all of us, was a little shocked and rocked to the core when he got the news about Henrik Lundqvist not being able to play and then how that changes the goalie situation. You know, it was you're right. It was tough with Henrik, um, you know, just – Speaking with him, I know he was uh, really excited about being part of the Capitals family and, and coming in here. And he had this um, this new sense of um, passion for hockey because he's coming to a, a different team and a different organization. And uh, we certainly wish him the best. Um, but we've got you know we've got pieces that we're we're really excited to to get into training camp and see with you know the goaltenders, the young goaltenders that we have in place, um, as well as bringing in. A guy like Craig Anderson is his experience and, and, and adding him to the mix. I think it's going to be a, a great battle through the course of the training camp. And um, like, like probably a lot of the questions that I might answer, there's going to be an evaluation period that goes on with this, and then we're going to have to make decisions. Um, but we still have a lot of confidence in the people that we have in place, um, even though Henrik won't be with us. Obviously, what this means now is Ilya Samsonov is probably um, closer to being the undisputed starter than he was the day they signed Henrik Lundqvist. Because even though, as Tarek Al-Bashir mentioned on our last podcast, there were rumblings that, look, he's not the goalie he was. And remember, he was beaten out by a pair of goalies 
in in Shesterkin and Gorgiev with the Rangers. So clearly he's not the same Vesna winning goalie he was. He's not the same guy who's going to carry a team to a Stanley Cup final, but he was coming in to at least mentor and push Samsonov. And now Samsonov is really sort of the undisputed starter of this team, despite not having a big book to go on. He's the guy now, and that's gonna, they're gonna have to, uh, you know, kind of follow his lead. And as he goes, so goes the team to a large extent. But uh, it's Ilya Samsonov's team now. You know, Samsonov, you know, being part of the team, um, having a little bit of experience, his pedigree of who he is. Um, we're excited to uh, get him back and, and healthy and, and to show what he can do in training camp. And, you know, it's a, it's a big step for um, those young goaltenders. But again, we, we do have confidence in them to um, go into camp and, and to, to battle it out a little bit. I think um, adding a guy like Anderson, you know, he kind of the same way we're talking about Henrik. He comes to a new organization and something to prove and fighting for, for space and fighting for the crease. I love that. And so I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a really good battle um, with the, with the players that were here and in place and then adding a guy like Anderson. One of the other really interesting topics of conversation heading into this camp is totally different than anything we've ever seen before starting in January training camp and season is the new taxi squad. And that's fascinating because who's going to be on that taxi squad? What's the purpose of it? Uh, how will coaches utilize it? Because as weird as it's going to be for us in the media and us fans to uh, watch them develop a taxi squad, the coaches are really formulating plans for the first time. They don't have a book of how to, you know, manage and run a taxi squad. And that's going to be something that you're going to have a plan for. And then you're going to have to adapt to much like this entire season but it's, it's good. I think it's a really cool thing to have these players part of the system and ready to go. And I wonder if something like this isn't going to be expanded moving forward. Because so I have a feeling coaches are going to like this. But uh, Peter Laviolette, so far, likes the theory, at least, of a taxi squad. I actually like it. Um, you, know, to, you know, to have the ability to utilize this group um, and, and have them nearby um, for whatever pops up. Um, you had mentioned earlier in the interview, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard fought sprint to the end. And um, typically that can, that can shed some wear and tear on the team. So I think the taxi squad is going to be a big part and an integral part of our, of any team success to be able to come in off the taxi squad um, and to contribute um, to the big club, I think is, is going to be really important. It's going to be that type of a year. So the fact that these guys are here and they're, they're part of the group, um, available to the group when needed. Um, I, I think that that's, that could be a bonus for every team. You know, when it comes to replacing players, you know, even from the minors, like I was never one to, um, I was never one to take the leading scorer in the minors, call them up and put them on the fourth line. If somebody deserved the call up and they were the top scorer, a top scorer in the American Hockey League, or if they were a top scorer on their team, I would want to take them up and put them in a position to be successful, not necessarily change my whole lineup just to put them on the fourth line because you may or may not trust them. I think that 
players need to be put in a position of strength and a position to be successful. So I definitely think that you could look at the taxi squad under those um, under those parameters where maybe you're handpicking what you might need for an individual game. And again, I do think that the taxi squad is going to be important. I think it's just a lot of games. Um, it's a lot of games and, you know, it's almost it's just slightly more, I think, than every other day. And um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some wear and tear on some teams. And so I really feel like that taxi squad is important. 2020 has certainly reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit as Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is indeed back in full swing, and we are getting towards the playoff chase. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The other big challenge for Peter Laviolette is just getting to know the guys on his team. Again, uh, you know, he knows them, the player. He knows a little bit of their personality, probably yelling stuff to and at each other, you know, on the bench and on, onto the ice during games in the heat of battle. But now he needs to get to know the personality of an Alex Ovechkin, the personality of a Nicholas Backstrom. What drives a TJ Oshie? How do you get to a John Carlson, who, by the way, Keep in mind about John Carlson, his game was never better than when Todd Reardon was his coach, both as an assistant and as a head coach. And now for the first time in six years, he doesn't have that. So Laviolette has to figure out how he's going to motivate John Carlson to be the same player he was, the, the Norris contender. And I think the guy who got shafted on being the Norris winner in John Carlson, 
And he also has to learn how to deal with Evgeny Kuznetsov. And that can be a tricky proposition for a lot of coaches throughout the years. But that's all part of getting to know a team, getting to know a quirky guy like Kuzi. I've, I've had conversations uh, with him. And, you know, the, again, it's been a bit different and a, not, not your normal, not, not – being in there and being around the guys, even though we can't work with them, but just to say hi or to, to move with them, everything's kind of been over the phone. And so, um, you know, for a new coach, I'm not just talking about um, him, but talking about all the players for a new coach coming in, your job is really try to get the most out of the team, the most out of each player. And so um, that, that won't change from, from Kuzi or Alex Ovechkin or whoever you might talk about. Um, that's the responsibility of the coach is to try to push guys to be their best, uh, try to push your team to be their best. Being a new coach and, and never have worked with really any of these players for the most part, um, you know, I got a chance to work with um, TJ a little bit in the Olympics, but it was just a short stint. Um, I'm really excited to go in there. It's fresh. It's fresh for me. It'll be fresh for them. Um, there's, you know, that from – from my standpoint and where I sit right now, there hasn't been any thing with any of the players, good or bad. There hasn't been inconsistencies or consistency problems. I'm the new coach going in there and it's um, my job to get these guys up to speed, to get them on an identity, to get them to, to play hard for each other, to play hard for the, for the team, for the city. And, uh, and for me, that's exciting. So um, I can't wait to work with him. You brought his name up. So I can't wait to work with him and, and I'm looking forward to the year. You know, typically a, a coach would be here a month before the season starts and, and in the rink. And while you're not allowed to work with the players and I respect the rules, you, you see them and you bump into them and you, you know, you may see them around the rink or you could go to dinner or you could sit down with them at breakfast and just talk and get to know them a little bit. And so some of the phone, you know, some of it has just been through phone calls. Um, I've talked to Alex probably uh, three, three or four times over the phone. Um, he texted me the other night and so, uh, he wanted to know if I wanted to go to dinner and I said, I'm quarantining right now. I can't go. And so that's just a typical thing that, that would have been a chance to, to maybe grab Alex and just go out and just talk a little bit. I know him and I'm, he, I know him, he knows me, but we don't, we don't really know each other that well. And so that would have been a great opportunity, but, um, you know, it didn't, it wasn't able to happen. So I told him as soon as I'm, as soon as I'm clear from the, uh, protocol and the procedures from the NHL. I'd love to go get a bite to eat. So it'll happen, but it's, it's made it a little bit more difficult. And then there's the coaching staff because there's the players you got to get to know, but he's also inheriting a couple of coaches as well. And Scott Arneal and Blaine Forsyth, he's brought in Kevin McCarthy, someone he's more familiar with, but now he's going to learn two guys who are very proven in the league and Scott Arneal, former head coach, and certainly very proven within the organization, and Blaine Forsyth, who's been here through a number of coaches and for a really long time as an assistant coach now. Um, but it sounds like when you hear him talk about his assistants, this is something he is very passionate about, is having the right guys in the right situations. And from the sounds of it, he believes he has that. I'm, I feel really fortunate and comfortable to be with the guys that I'm working with. And, you know, one thing about um, where I'm at right now is, yeah, I've got some familiarity with Kevin McCarthy, but I also love learning from, from new coaches and, and you're constantly learning and you're constantly listening. And, um, 
you know, last couple of years in, in Nashville, I got to work with a young coach and Dan Muse. He had very little experience, but man, was he a great coach. But my point on that is I want to learn too. And I want somebody to come in with their ideas and their thoughts and, and, um, and, and, and let them, let me learn from what their experiences are and what they, they have to share. So, um, you know, for me, Scott O'Neill did, I, I, I evaluated everything. I talked to the coaches, evaluated the staff, um, I thought Scott Arneal did a, a terrific job with the penalty kill last year, assisting with the forwards, um, um, working on the, the skill level of the, the individual players from a forward standpoint. Um, and I didn't see any reason to make a change. He's been a head coach. He's got a lot of experience. I spoke with coaches that he's worked with before, and they all had great things to say about him. I knew Scott from a little bit from when I played, and um, I'm really looking forward to working with him. You know, Blaine has... Um, he's, he's been in charge of the power play for a long time. And, um, you know, last year the the power play dipped just a little bit from where it had been. I think that that happens on every team, um, with regard to any stat that you might have, there might be a year where you're not in the top 10 anymore. And maybe you had been in the top 10, but evaluating everything that Blaine has done here, he's, he's been in charge of one of the top and most lethal units in the national hockey league. And for me, um, I didn't see any need to make a change there. He's uh, I, when I met with him and he talked about the things that he wanted to change and wanted to correct. Um, I had full confidence that he was going to be able to do that. And so I didn't see a need to make a change there. <clears throat> um, there was one spot that was left open and um, you know, I had talked to Kevin McCarthy about it. And when, when he found out I was going to be in Washington, um, you know, he, he wanted, he really wanted to come back and, and be part of it and take another run at a team that might have a chance at a championship. And so um, Kevin will be responsible for the defense. Um, he's responsible for, along with me, the defensive part of the game. And, you know, for the, for the first five years in Nashville, we were the number one team goals against average in the league. And um, he was a big part of that. He has a, a, a really good handle on, um, handling the defense and, and during game situations and um, pairings and matchups and, and how he goes about his business. I think he's a, a coach that's been around a long time. He's been to the cup finals four times and um, he has a, he has a way of working on skill development. He has a way of teaching players, uh, veteran players and young players. And so um, to be able to get him back and, and part of the staff, I'm excited about that as well. Um, I got a chance to, to talk to um, Scott Murray, the goalie coach, and I was really excited. I know that he, you know, he, he comes from um, working with Mitch Korn. My last goaltending coach did the same. And I have a lot of respect for that, that line that um, comes from Mitch to the younger players and uh, the younger coaches that he works with. And so I was, I was excited to, to, to talk to him about the job and, and he's going to remain in place as well. I think we've got uh, some of the best video coaches here as well. So for me, this, the staff stays in place because I, I really like the staff. I thought that it was going to be a good staff. Adding Kevin McCarthy, I think, makes it stronger. Then there's also the weird concept of he hasn't coached the game in a really long time. He was fired from Nashville and with the season starting so late, it's coming up on a year since he last coached an NHL game, that's guys like this guys who 
bounce from one job to another and are never really out of work for too long because of the track record of winning. So as soon as he does get fired from somewhere, and he's been fired from a number of teams now, someone else is going to want him. That next opportunity that comes up, he's always going to be on the short list, has always been on the short list, and very quickly gets jobs. So he's got to get the old body clock back into the work mode, like everyone who's been either working from home or some like myself, not working at all at times, you got to kind of retrain your body and your mind to get back into the flow of working. But I think he's looking forward to that. It's it's um, I, I said to my wife, my wife, when I, when I left Florida, I'm like, I'm, I'm anxious. I don't want to say nervous, but I'm anxious. It's been a, like you said, it's been a year. And um, I've been, I've been off before, you know, I've been off for six months or seven months or um, eight months. You know, So there's been different timelines. I think that this, this might be the longest that, that I've been off. Um, maybe one other time I was pushing a year. And what I always find is that it's, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. And the, the anxiousness is a good thing. It's like, you know, when you're going out for a game, when, you, when I used to be a player or players today, there's an anxiousness about it. The, you know, you're going out to play a game seven in the playoffs. Nobody, nobody should not have butterflies in their stomach and, and be on edge. But when the puck drops... Or when, when things crack on January 4th, on the first day when we're on the ice, it's, I think it's like riding a bike or I found it to be that way. And so I'm really excited to, I'm anxious. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get going and um, looking forward to it. So um, yeah, I've been off for a while. Um, I'm looking to shake the rust off pretty quick and get back at it. Then he's going to have to also get used to and accustomed to wearing a mask on the bench. And that's going to be tough, but every coach is going to have to do it. And I thought this was hilarious because he said, there's one person who might appreciate this more than anyone else. And that's his mother. Probably be good for me. <laughs> nobody, nobody will see what's coming out of my mouth. So uh, my mother will be happy. I think. Uh, they, again, these are just everybody's dealt the same hand, and so you know we'll deal with it if that's the protocol and those are the rules, and we'll respect them and and we'll get it done. But um, you know, it's uh, it's it's just a different time that we're we're living in right now. I'm just excited to be back. I'm sure everybody's just excited to be back. If my price that I have to pay is wearing a mask behind the bench, I'll gladly do it. Good stuff from Peter Laviolette, who showed a little bit more of his personality, but certainly you can hear. The dude is all business and I'm excited to see what he brings to this team. Cause with that window closing and the pressure on this core to get at least one more run at a Stanley cup, I think they've got the perfect head coach to do that in a short term type of uh, window. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how he turns around what really got away from Todd Reardon. This team was not good in the bubble. They were not good at the end of the season last year. So you hope that Peter Laviolette can rock these guys a little bit early on in camp, and there isn't much camp to get to. So you hope he could rock them a little bit because if the same team shows up in January, that was here in March, we got problems. We got issues. I think there's too much talent, too much high skill talent on this team, too much pride with this team, they might not be at the top of the Stanley Cup 
contenders. They might not have the best odds to win a cup this year, but they're still in the conversation because when you have Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom, a couple of Hall of Famers, the amount of talent that they have up and down the roster, I just think it's too good to not be in that conversation. And I think they've got the right coach to motivate them. As always, I ask that you subscribe and download, write a rating, uh, write a write a review, leave a rating. All helps get the word out about the Capital Building Podcast, the most in-depth podcast about your Washington Capitals anywhere. I'm Rob Corlin. Thanks so much for listening in. We'll talk again soon. Let's go Cap.